Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world, known as the Pentaverite, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaverite? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tetsa. Has anyone ever tried to infiltrate one of these meetings? They're never gonna let them get out. Let's say that there are these people that secretly run things. Then they've always run things. But first, before we say anything else, were you followed? Not that I noticed. Okay. Did you turn a bunch of times and change lanes a lot? Yes, I did see a guy on a bike, but I think it's okay. Well, I don't know. If it if it was <laughs> snowing if it was snowing where you are like it is here, that that's more peculiar. <laughs> peculiar. There we go. That's the word. <laughs> As I tell everybody, I start recording before I dial anything, but I don't always use all of it. Oh, okay. I usually just have diarrhea of the mouth and go, you know, whatever goes out there goes out there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's two guys on our soapboxes talking about the new world order and... <laughs> And how to uh, join this Tarsus Club. Oh, the Tarsus Club. <laughs> but uh, we could either just get the ball rolling and tangent as tangents happen anyway. But I think we actually kind of did start the episode, even if we didn't mean to. So, oh, yeah, well. I'm totally fine with that. Hi, I am Darren, everybody, if this is your first time. And this is, with me for the first time, Scott. Thanks for having me on, Darren. I'm super excited to do this with you tonight. 
I am stoked. I guess I you I guess your uh, your podcasting name is Scott Crawford. I've I'm bad with te- uh, announcing people's last names, but yeah, I usually just go by, by that, and then uh, Smoke Show is kind of become a thing. <laughs> That's true. Scott Smoke Show Crawford of the Friday Nightmares podcast, or Kill the Cast presents the Friday Nightmares podcast, depending on how you know them. Right. And you picked. This is your pick. Will most people get to pick at least for their their first venture into the bunker? You picked the conspiracy. Yes, I did. Which there are <laughs> quite a few movies called Conspiracy or The Conspiracy. This one is the one from what two thousand twelve? Uh yes. Directed by Christopher McBride. Two young documentary filmmakers are drawn into a shadowy world of secret societies when the subject of their film simply disappears. Have his investigations led to his demise? So, I mean, if this is not your first time, anybody, dear listener, uh, it's obvious that this movie would have to be done on this show at some point. But, Scott... What made you think of it? Was it just a serendipitous, you were watching it, and here we go? Or, uh, Yeah, I would pretty much say that was the case, because, uh, you know, as we we're uh, as I tend to do on our shows, we, we ended up doing a uh, mockumentary uh, found footage episode, and when I start doing that theme, I just dive into finding all sorts of mockumentary or movies that fit that theme, and I came across this one, and just fell in love with it, and I'm thinking, holy crap, I need to do this with Darren. <laughs> this is like, this is perfect. Were, were you into uh, conspiracy theories type stuff, or are you? Uh, are you fascinated by it, or uh, subscribe to any? I know when I was, like, I don't know, however, 10 or 11, something like that, I got obsessed with the JFK assassination. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, I would say I'm kind of just more, like, intrigued by it. I haven't taken deep dives in any true conspiracy, but like I just uh kind of uh anytime that a new one comes out, I kind of just look into it a little bit, just got a curiosity more than anything. And some of them just really uh boggle my mind how they got there, and then other ones I'm going, I can see why they have this theory. Well, yeah, uh, uh, like um, what the the guy that they're interviewing in the movie. Oh, I think his name was uh, Terrence. Terrence, yeah, because it's Jim, Aaron, and Terrence are the main characters in this. Uh, Terrence G, right? Yep. And he is the the typical. I I feel like you see a couple if you live near a college campus. Uh, the the guy that's out there shouting his truth through a megaphone, sort of not not like the the protesters. This guy is more akin to, like, the fake preachers you'd see in Life of Brian or something like that. Yes. <laughs> That's a great tieback. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen these uh, I've seen these people out on the streets out in Detroit and areas like in Auburn Hills and all that stuff, especially by U of M. More often than not, the people that I would run into would be more of the religiously themed people shouting across the street at... Uh, at campus, but I mean, there, oh, there have been exactly. a, yeah. 
they, they seem to be a bit more in people's faces. Like uh, Terrence is more like the guy you end up ordering a drink next to a bar. Hey, <laughs> right. Hey, hey, man, you know that in uh, <laughs> Agenda 21, man, it's the U.N.'s plan and uh, they, they're going to invade the U.S. and take everyone's guns. And which, by the way, the Agenda 21 thing is a thing that people were all about. And that is what they thought. Yeah, that does not surprise me at all. And these are the type of people that I've ran into at bars. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll humor you. Uh-huh. Just go ahead. Just tell me what you're saying. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm having enough now. I'm, I'm going over here now. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is pretty straightforward. And I feel like we mostly got together to talk. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, so they're they're uh, doing a documentary about that guy, and you know he disappears, and they go into a chat room like one I've never seen, but I've kind of ignored the internet until. I mean, I I'd, I'd used it before, but I didn't really start paying attention to it until the early. Well, I guess this takes place in two thousand eleven, but the the chat room made me yep. think of the net or just movie internet like hackers and stuff where it's just like yes. okay we're just gonna we're gonna have fun with it because none of you people know what the internet is and does yeah because it almost kind of reminded me of uh that weird uh game called second life that was out there that you could play like just pretty much pretend to be like pretending to be someone else oh okay like that's that's at least what the graphics reminded me of in the on the computer game <laughs> it's like pretend to be a sim and talk about the, I mean, the the Tarsus Club, which I, I don't know if you looked into what the stuff that the, the guy who wrote the article was telling them about the worship of Tarsus. Oh, yes. Mithras? Yes. That's some, uh... <laughs> oh, man, that is some uh, Mithras, Mithrasm? Mithraism? I don't even know. I kind of like how they end up taking like the whole theory of them worshiping another god and just having these higher up individuals in power, just having this secret meetup, which I wouldn't be surprised if there was something like that out there. Well, it seems like it was it's mostly mocking uh skull and bones or uh a bohemian grove yes because even on the cover like if you look at like the words on the cover like because they have like the silhouette of the figure in the bowl mask and uh skull and bones gets uh is written in there and so is the bohemian grove okay so bohemian grove that's that's the one i don't know how much you paid attention to that or them yeah i had no idea those uh alex jones did uh back when he was just kind of a crazy guy on on the radio or at the beginning of his Infowars uh thing he tried to get to the bohemian grove thing oh really that's like yeah uh he's he's kind of like across the the street and he's running around town interviewing people that work for it because it, it was started as like a 
bougie artists club way way back in the day or not way way back in the day it was american history and then okay. it, it just became a more private club and they uh they have really aggressive security and basically oh. if anybody meets and you aren't allowed to know what they're talking about it's easy to speculate but i mean it is a club of really rich really influential people and they all get together and talk about how to run our lives. That doesn't surprise me at all. But I don't know how often they kill people. Yeah. And they burn, uh, you know, they have weird rich, well, uh, weird to me, rituals. And uh, they, uh, uh, some famous people have been there. They, They have people perform. There's a bunch of just drunk, powerful dudes running around, you know, like they're at summer camp. Uh, of course presidents and politicians and other people like that and if you try to find out what goes on there people get really pissed so imaginations run wild and part of the problem i think is because you know I, i think we've talked about this elsewhere but because of the things that eventually governments admitted to have actually done and kept records of stuff like COINTELPRO or the Tuskegee experiments or forced sterilization of people. Yeah. Like it's not far too far off from like what could actually be happening. I, I just think that they're powerful enough not to have to work so hard to hide it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost like uh, what Jim says, you know, it's like, well, if they are right, then they've been doing this forever. And they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And that's kind of the scary thing is like that they're that this could go on forever because no one's going to really stop them. Uh, In case people do not know this little mostly verified rumor, but in the Skull and Bones uh, clubhouse or temple or whatever they call it, you are possibly aware that... uh, George W. Bush's grandpa was supposedly the one who stole Geronimo's skull. Oh. That's I did not know about that. That is that is the basically agreed upon history. Uh since Skull and Bones exists only on Yale campus officially, they've argued and gained protections against outside law enforcement. I don't know if you've seen that also like U of M, but there used to be times where if you're, if someone was running from a police officer per se, and you crossed over onto campus grounds or vice versa, most of the time they would stop because you'd done something only annoying anyway. Yeah. I I have seen that before actually. So uh, they're, they're, it's it's harder to make the the organization open up about things, but internal stories and external stories uh, from a bunch of people all basically agree that at some point the, the native chief Geronimo's skull was stolen when his grave grave was robbed, the same time that uh, Prescott Bush was. See, I'm sounding like fucking Terrence. Uh, (laughs) Prescott Bush was where that was and then there were claims by many people that 
there were skulls on display and it was supposed to be his was one of them. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Of course, George Bush senior was a member of skull and bones. And so was, uh, George W. Bush. And then if you remember that one election, John Kerry, he and W were both in the, yes. In the club. I think that might've been when I first really started hearing about it. Unless that movie came out, uh, before then, when somebody asked John Kerry about it and he, uh, I can't remember if it was him or H.W. Uh, Bush that got asked about it, and they're like, I'm supposed to leave the room now. Yeah, I think it was H.W. Uh, Bush. But, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard not to sound like Terrence. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, like, you can tie so many different things back to each other, and it just it's kind of weird. Yeah, and however it exists, I mean, the... It's the American government system. You know, before 2015, Trump and Bill Clinton and Hillary, and they were all friends. Sort of. Yep. At least friendly. The, the, the Yeah. So it's just, I don't know if I, if the term Kabuki theater is uh, inappropriate anymore, but it's political theater for, for a lot of it. It's a lot of people selling shit they don't believe because that's the team they're on. I mean, hell, that just seems to be most politicians in the Republican and Democratic parties, for sure. <laughs> and they both stand to benefit from keeping the tertiary parties out of the running in most most places. Yeah. The... Yeah, because I, I don't think uh, we'll ever see, like, any of the third parties ever get, like, truly brought into the elections. Cause, just because the Republicans and Democrats have so much freaking power. It's going to be a fucking slog. I've noticed that the ranked choice voting movement seems to be, I don't want to say picking up steam, but it was on the ballot in three or four states. Yes, I had noticed that too. And I think that could be a big step. My my fever dream, uh, cabin cat, my cabin fever dream of politics right now is that if all of the Trumpers and the Republicans fuck with each other so much they lose those runoff elections. And if they pass that first act that the new House wrote in 2018 when they took over, that's all the campaign finance reform and uh, voters' rights reform and things like that, that could be a big fucking leap. But... Nancy yeah. Pelosi has not shown me any willingness to be ruthless unless she's dealing with people to the left of her. You so, know what? You are absolutely right there. <laughs> like, I don't see her doing anything of uh, value, like, just besides taking jabs at the people that she despises. Yeah, she'll gas queen clap or whatever it is that she did. And then, like, right now... There is talk, uh, I don't even know if I want to, <laughs> it changes so much. It's not as much as it was, like, I would never schedule this far ahead that often when Trump was full steam, because every day it was a new nightmare. <laughs> right. But there, there seems to be a slight tilt in the next 
uh, stimulus negotiations because uh, Kelly Loeffler, I want to give them stupid nicknames, but that sort of (laughs) became the Trump thing to do. Yeah. That seems like a road to go down. Yeah. Loeffler and Purdue. You know, Purdue didn't even show up to his debate. And Loeffler just kept repeating radical leftist Democrat over and over and over again at her debate. And so fuck them. But McConnell, (laughs) McConnell is the evil genius that he is. So he might be giving in a little bit on the stimulus uh, check payments. But I would not be surprised if, as a sign of good faith, Nancy Pelosi agrees to the corporate liability protections. And, I mean, it's already $2 trillion less than she said it would be unacceptable before the election. Right. I was like, it just seems to be getting lower and lower and lower each time we hear about it. Yeah. And it just seems like they're finally, besides being at like that standstill for so freaking long and the Congress just taking a long break, like like they always do, seems like they're, you know, kind of finally going forward, but it's still just kind of a mess. Like yeah. things are getting added constantly. Things are being changed every single time I read about it. It's, it's hard to hard to follow. You know, I <laughs> I was shoveling snow today for a, a while because the, my son wanted to help and he kept, you know, he's five. So he was picking up snow and dumping it onto the parts that I had just shoveled <laughs> for a bit uh, until we got that sorted out. But it, it you know, anyway, and it, just in a couple hours, there's more announcements of cabinet positions and regulations being rolled back. You know, I forget, I don't know what it was, but today, if. <laughs> If you are really unhealthy, follow, un, still unhealthily following Trump in this level, you know when this is being recorded. Today, the regulations that Trump was complaining about when he was talking about how you have to flush the toilet 14 times and stuff like that, all the... Oh, yeah. The, the toilet and the, the sinks and the shower regulations... Uh, are getting rolled back and some sort of another endangered species. Uh, I think bears. Not sure what kind of bears, but yeah, it's, he's still just fucking throwing matches and walking. It just like Trump is willing to do. He always does this. And uh, I, yeah, I did not hear about the whole uh, endangered species with the bears. Like I, read briefly about like the shower head the the shower head thing again today i'm like oh, oh boy what the heck's going on now i mean he never stopped campaigning i think he had a campaign rally the day after his inauguration he's got to keep that fleece going yeah he's got to be ready to run again in four more years good <laughs> <laughs> i think he's just beating a dead horse at this point yeah but fuck him he is not he's... smart enough to pull off a conspiracy like the Tarsus Club. Uh, he would not be allowed in the Tarsus Club. He wouldn't be able to keep his mouth shut about it. Nope. <laughs> That's why I almost immediately disbelieved the report about aliens that came out a week or so ago. Because no fucking way Trump could keep his mouth shut about that. Yeah. If, if he knows, if they told him, 
he would tell everybody. It would be on Twitter. He'd say it on the Candace Owens show or some fucking dumb shit or a live stream on Parlor. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, he, any chance he gets to basically take credit for something, he's going to do it. Somebody from the Trump org- organization filed trying to copyright a term. I can't remember what it was. Something about vir- virtual virtuality or something like that. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking that he's just going to start doing pay-per-view live stream rallies. Oh, God. And there'll be so many people that will invest in that, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, it just, I, I, hell, I think the Trump supporters right now are kind of living in their own conspiracy theory at this point with the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's... mean, I was pissed and sad about the 2016 election, but I knew that it happened. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, this sucks. Um, I guess he's our president now. <laughs> it, was, it was done the old-fashioned way it, through voter suppression and things like that. Right. This is just like, he just does not want to give up. And I, I'm still friends with some Trump supporters and seeing like their rhetoric that they're spewing, I'm just like, you guys are insane. <laughs> it's like, how do you believe this still after everything's been proven wrong? <laughs> Because how Q says so. Yes, exactly. They eat it up and they spew it right back out. I feel like Q sort of sprang out of the whole Pizzagate shit, right? Or was that part? Or was that there first? Uh, I believe that. Yeah, I think I believe it came out around Pizzagate. Like, I'm not too sure because I didn't really hear about it till after that. I don't think I had heard much about it before, but it could have been that's what made it to be talked about. I mean, there have been uh, stories, rumors, and I think, I mean, real events and everything showing that governments have done horrible things in sexual trafficking. Oh, yeah. Sex trafficking. Uh, But I feel like the... QAnon, this is more of the it's just left-wing people <laughs> apparently, according to QAnon. That's Donald Trump is was friends with Jeffrey Epstein because he is working to uncover the blah 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 blah. Oh, yeah. His, his, <laughs> his lawyer oh, what, who, uh, uh, well, Rudy Giuliani there have been allegations against him. Alan Dershowitz, who was his lawyer for a while, he's a rabid supporter of eliminating the uh, statutory rape laws. And I believe he admitted to getting a massage at the Jeffrey Epstein house, but he maintains he kept his underwear on. I'm sure he did. Uh, So it's a bunch of gross old dudes like the people at the Torsus Club. Uh, with their weird heroin charging voices, which I I was kind of <laughs> high the last time I watched it, and I was like, those guys sound alike. I was like, oh, dumb shit. They <laughs> so do. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn. Oh yeah, because I rewatched it last night, and I just kind of chuckled with the way they sounded. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Before that, there's the militia guy, 
wearing a face mask. That'd be nice if the militia guys wore face masks. <laughs> right? Apparently now that's just a freaking uh, statement they need to make now without wearing one. Yeah. It's my freedom. Yeah. I already have enough uh, debates with dumbasses at my job because of that. Oh, <laughs> There's all, all sorts of them that don't believe it. I know we're preaching to the choir, but it's like, if I'm wrong, you wore a mask. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's how I look at it. It's like, you know, if I'm wrong and you, we find out years later that mask didn't help, what did it really do? You wore a mask and then you can now say I was wrong. Yeah. Big deal. Doctors <laughs> and other people have been wearing masks during all medical things for a long time. So if it doesn't keep you healthy, it makes you rich. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> there oh. we go. It's an essential that, oil that's... and it's made out of crystals. What do I need to say? Yes. <laughs> I got this tonic I want to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I've gotten into debates with coworkers about this stuff over and over and over again. And now I'm hearing like different conspiracy theories now going on about like the vaccine and like, what was one I just heard uh, that the vaccine causes women to be sterile <laughs> Actually... and they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> uh, well, one of the recently discovered complication, and I think, you know this. I think you read this. You might have even posted it in the Psychosemantic group. But one of the things that actually has been medically shown to have happened is that COVID can cause erectile dysfunction. Yes. So there's that. Maybe maybe that'll scare enough, scare the right people. <laughs> right. I was I like, I think a lot of these anti-vaxxers just need to be scared into taking it at this point. Yeah, there was a argument somewhere, just so it came across it right before we got on. Somebody was saying, no stimulus check for you if you don't get a vaccine. Which, I, I, knee-jerkily, I don't know, because corporations got a fuck ton of tax money, and they didn't even have to promise not to fire people. Right. So I would be more... I, well, I mean, I, they're just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dirty communist socialist or something. <laughs> but I think there should just be free vaccines for everybody and, uh, you know, some, some government bailout because they reapproved the $800 billion or whatever the fuck military budget in the time they've been trying to figure out this new stimulus thing. Of course they did. Because you got to have that extra money for the military. Yeah, Be because of well, what was Terrence talking about that uh, house, that house bill six something, which I looked up and really was a thing about uh, being able to establish emergency centers around the U.S. But it they had the right number. It was uh, HR six forty five, the National Emergency oh, okay. Centers Establishment Act. But it was to use uh, military bases to have six, at least six, uh, spread around the country as uh, pre-set up places to evac people. You know, the FEMA camps. But uh, Right. <laughs> you know, because of hurricanes, tornadoes, or other natural disaster. But it doesn't say 
And I haven't read the whole thing, but I probably read more than most of the people who voted on it. <laughs> right. I didn't see anything about indefinite housing. It's supposed to actually be temporary housing of people. So Okay. But it's just yeah, it seems movie. like the guys behind this movie really did a lot of research with a lot of the stuff they did for this. Every random thing that I picked to look up, there's truth behind it. And I think that's part of the point of the movie. And internally in the movie, it's, you know, it's a mockumentary that's put out after all of this. So it got approval from Tarsus. It got... Jim, how all the stuff, everything that uh, filmmaker Jim agreed to or edited, uh, going all the way back to the beginning of the story, that is the final message that they decided to put forward. Yes, I didn't think about that. But yeah, you are absolutely right. Well, I told you I was really high when I was watching it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I would have been. Holy crap! That would have made this like even better. <laughs> but it's short. It's about an hour twenty-four if you count the credits. So, you know, I hadn't watched it in maybe a couple years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I watched. Or I think I watched it twice now in a month. <laughs> it's just a fun little, you know, a uh, little movie. I don't want to call it little, uh, but it is short and. I think they like like I said if you think about the documentary as its own thing it was put together after all that stuff in the story and that's the footage that's the that's the that's the story they decided to tell cuz every documentary for the most part has a story to tell and it's right. got got that that angle that the filmmaker wants to put in put into it so Jim and uh, other people, you know, was, who knows? Maybe was Terrence Aaron? was in on it. Wasn't, wasn't uh, Aaron one of the characters too, I think? Yes. Aaron Aaron was the skateboarder filmmaker that wanted to go to a commune in Alberta when, yep. when shit got too heavy. Yeah, uh, which is where you're theorized to believe is where he's at now after everything was said and done. Yeah, he got, he didn't like how everything ended, and he said, okay, you've got this footage of me saying that I want to go there. Fuck you, I'm not showing up for any more of the interviews. <laughs> yep. Which. Which yeah. I wasn't sure if he was actually still alive by the end of the movie after what we've seen. I, you know, I, I don't think he is. <laughs> I was like, because that was a lot of guys with a lot of knives. <laughs> yeah, and the sounds, and it's, okay, we're putting putting our tinfoil hats back on. It's just, it's just like them to make you think that, oh, we just, we enjoy these people trying to uncover our secrets. So we have a little laugh with them, and we have people write articles for Time Magazine and lure in. I feel like that's the bull. Every every time the bull is somebody that they find in a chat room and they bring in. Yep. Yep, they bring him in just to kind of show him a little bit of it and hopefully that will lead to just a little bit being a little bit of their information being spread out into the internet to attract others 
it's kind of like a uh, ongoing like snake biting its tail just over and over and over again. It's very like it's like I when I was watching this I'm going this could be so freaking real the way this is all this way this all plays out. This could happen. Oh, easily. Like and it actually made me wonder did this really happen? So I was trying to look into it more but I really couldn't find any like uh true information like I did find uh the Tarsus Club's uh Twitter account. Oh, do they still have a Twitter? Yeah, but I, I didn't look like it was used. I think the last time I seen the the most recent tweet was like 2016 or something like that. But it was talking about like uh, the new location for the club meeting. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was kind of reading through it and it was talking about, you know, added a couple new brothers to the club today and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, this is pretty interesting. I, I might have to dive into this a little more when I get chance. So it seems like they really played it out. It is. It's that uh, Blair Witch model, which I'm not a big fan of that movie. And as you well know, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm a picky bitch with found footage movies in general. I more lean towards the mockumentary, not the we found a bunch of footage and put it together after we found the bodies sort of thing. But the the ones that are, like you've said, explains why everything's on camera. Yeah, yeah, because that like. When it comes to found footage, you need a, you always need an excuse of why you're always filming and doing it documentary style is like the perfect fit for this. Like, cause I mean, there like you, there's been so many movies that have like you and I talking in chat that we've talked about, like, you know, Lake Bungo and Poughkeepsie tapes and like how realistic those felt. Yeah. Or Megan is missing. Yeah. I, I want to watch that at some point, but I have not gotten to that. Uh, I haven't gotten the nerve to do it yet. <laughs> If, I do not blame you. I don't know if you heard, though, that the director recently made a statement about it because I guess I don't know how viral it went on TikTok, but TikTok was discovering Megan is missing. Yeah, I was reading about that. Like it was being shared, like, do not watch this or whatever. And of course, you tell another like thousands of people not to watch it. It's going to make them watch it. Yeah. And it almost kind of became like one of those internet challenges to sit through and watch Megan is Missing and make a video of it. That movie's a lot lower budget, but I I just felt the visceral kind of dirty feeling you get, like, I'm just kind of feeling bad. Like, uh, yeah. like when you watch Poughkeepsie tapes or something like that, or, or at least when I did, or uh, Jack Ketchum's yeah, same with Next me. Door. Yeah. yeah, that's another one that... I have on my short list to watch at some point, but I just need the actually have the nerves to sit down and watch that one. Cause it's like, I need to be in the right, I gotta be in a right state of mind to even watch these films. You gotta be able to sacrifice a day feeling like shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause like Poughkeepsie tapes one, I didn't expect like how raw and real that felt. And I, that was one that I threw on while I was working and I was that just brought me down. Like, I'm like, holy crap, this one had like a huge effect on me and like made me start digging into it going, was this a real serial killer? Like what's going on here? I need to find this out. Cause this feels way too realistic. It wasn't horror, but uh, when I was maybe 19 or so, I saw, have you seen hardcore logo? No, I don't think I've heard of that one. It's uh, I think it's Canadian. I know you're a, you're a fan of things. Canadian. It's either Oh, I definitely am. Well, I think it's cuz my co-host has kind of rubbed off on me there. <laughs> I, there's there's a lot to appreciate with Canadian culture, but it's it's either Canada oh, or um more northern New York. 
but it's a mockumentary about a band. I haven't seen it forever. I have it because I knew I would want to watch it again someday. But it's a mockumentary about a band, a sort of not a spinal tap, but sort of a s- struggling broke fucking punk band going on tour. And oh, okay. Some fucked up shit happens. Not through the entirety. Some regular touring fucked up shit happens, but there are parts where it's like, holy shit. And I thought it, I thought it was real. I think I was drunk, <laughs> but. <laughs> I was convinced that it was a real documentary. <laughs> uh, straight up, it just kind of had that feel. And it was believable enough because plenty of stuff has been caught on camera. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but there's fucked up shit on the yeah. internet. <laughs> yes, yeah. You got to be careful where you go looking because you can poke your head into something that you may not want to see. <laughs> like, and that's. Kind of like, uh, kind of going back to the conspiracy, but that's kind of the same thing with the movie. Like, you poke around too much, and, well, you start getting involved in things that you don't want to get involved with. Yeah, you get the right kind of attention, or you start thinking, like, Aaron. I feel like I keep going back to the thought that I've been fixated on with this being the message that... Jim and Tarsus and all the people involved legally in the release of the the movie, if the movie's real, I don't know. It's just hard to know what it's hard to know what's real. Uh, right. Exactly. I was saying like, uh, you know, kind of going back to what you're talking about with Aaron, like that just goes to the show, like the power like of conspiracies in general is if you, listen to someone talk about a conspiracy too much it's you start to believe it especially when you start seeing like certain things that these conspiracy theorists like bring up that make a lot of sense you start believing it and then you know the right person kind of like how Aaron ended up being like started like just diving deep into it and like connecting the lines and bringing facts out that he didn't realize before and he became a conspiracy theorist on his own Ted Cruz when he was running for senate for the first time he went on the Glenn Beck show and said that the whole UN training exercise thing that I talked about earlier, the Agenda 21, uh, which was yeah. a vol- in, well, I don't, the real story is, or whatever, but it uh, on the surface or in our reality, it's a voluntary UN initiative amongst countries advising on social improvements. But the Ted Cruz said that it really was the globalists finding a way to put an end. Uh, I wrote this down because it's so blah, blah, blah. An end, <laughs> but it's also very Republican. The end of single family homes, the end of ranching. They're going to take away your cars and it's going to be the end of the American way of life. He said that? Yes. Wow. Everything from end of single family homes to end the American way of life was a quote. On TV. And that does not surprise me with Ted Cruz. Yeah. And that year, 
the Republican National Committee put an anti-Agenda 21 plank in their national platform. Oh, did they really? Yes. They stood against it, even though they didn't know what it was. <laughs> How does that not surprise me? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, I mean, there, there are Sandy Hook parents suing to be left alone because Alex Jones told everybody that it was all fake. That their kids didn't die. They're cri- that's really? where crisis actor that term came from. I'll say I do remember when that first came around. So after Sandy Hook, Alex Jones and the NRA and other people like that, not to say that they're exactly the same, but Alex Jones does advise people to carry guns to protests just in case you need to start something. <sighs> that was in Connecticut. A couple months before that, an acting agency in Colorado put out an ad offering actors to help uh, police officers, firefighters, and uh, EMS and other thing like that to uh, do, not like war games, but whatever games. I guess if it's the police, it's a war game, but if it's the fire department or the EMTs. uh, So we have... Uh, people who can play crisis actors for your practice. That meant that all the children were used to pretend that they were all killed in Connecticut months later to make sure that the government could come take your guns away. So then there were groups of people that were posting pictures of people's dead kids online and saying that they were actors and there were different people. And using them in videos. Oh my god. And all this shit. And, you know, you have to exhume the body and show it to me. Sort of shit. Oh, that is horrible. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, that is a group of thinking that sort of... Those people are kind of behind the QAnon stuff. Or largely blanketed into there. As the Sandy Hook truthers. Wow. Yeah, because I didn't know about, like, I knew about the crisis actor stuff, but I didn't knew it went that far. Uh, you know, there's like, oh, this per- they did stuff like that with victims of the Boston Marathon bombing. All those victims were crisis actors. And it's fucking weird. Uh, the Vegas shooting, supposedly, like, every time that something like this happens, there's a chunk of the conspiracy people that just say, didn't happen, it's a false flag. The government did it so they could take your guns. Right. And that's worked so far so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sure did a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Cause I'll say, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I still see guns every freaking where. <laughs> sort of a roll of the dice on if you can carry them. Uh, you know, people are getting shot all over the place here in Ohio and the police or the sheriff will say, well, they had a gun, but Ohio's an open carry state. Yeah, I think uh, Michigan is too. Yeah, so being somewhere with a gun is not illegal. <laughs> now, whether or not it should be is a different discussion. But, you know, walking into right. your house carrying a gun is not a crime. Right, like, you know, like I, I can understand, like, oh, he walked into a school with a gun. and Okay, but that, that there's not, that's not usually where this stuff happens. Yeah, it's it's... Most of the time in front of people's houses or in their cars, where yep. those laws are specifically supposed to be where you can have a gun. 
your house or your car. Yeah, but it's just an excuse for uh, for people to be uh, trigger happy. Yeah, uh, man. But it's a uh, sad state, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess not to bring it upwards, but to sort of get away from the dark cloud that I just threw on you, because I didn't know that you hadn't heard about that. <laughs> no, uh, I did not. There's stuff like uh, the so- as you know about the sovereign citizens and stuff. Have you heard? You've probably heard about them in Michigan, I imagine. Uh, but, yes. Yes, I have. So I, I'm not uh, somebody saying they're not in the United States, and that can be used for different things. I think the Eamon Bundy people used that when they were taking over, like a a park. Uh, a park ranger station or whatever to protest the government not giving them land for free or something like that. But there's also people that sort of came out of the sovereign citizen that I didn't find out about until recently called redemption theorists. And that is usually in a, the anti-tax line of thinking. Uh, The people that say the federal reserve is part of the them and Everybody has a secret account that's full of money, and that's why they they write like IOUs for their taxes and stuff like that. Say, so take it out of my account at the Fed, and I want this account, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> government may be terrible at getting money to the people, but they sure can wring you dry. Yes, they can. They found a guy and really went down on him. Um, phrasing. Well, no. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think that's the correct kind of phrasing right there. (laughs) You've heard our show. They they went down on him without his consent and and (laughs) took him to court for all the back taxes. And his wife split from him and turned, like, testified against him. And, uh, but yeah, the redemption theorist was one of the more wholesome conspiracy theories which is you know i i'm more of the other way where i'm happy to pay taxes i just would rather it go towards building schools and roads and trains and not blowing people up yeah right like i would like it to actually be uh used for good to help the community medicine right health care crazy things like that yeah things that we you know kind of shocker that we don't have right now i think i think the pandemic is radicalizing some people in a good way at least i hope so i I don't think joe biden is enough of a wet blanket to put out some of those fires (laughs) no i don't think he is either which which is good i was i was a a little afraid not not for totally selfish reasons but after the election i kind of expected a handful of people to quit the political discussion group Okay. Oh, yeah. That's enough. No more work to do here. <laughs> right? I'll say, like, because we got the lunatic out of the office, or at least partway there anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kicking and screaming. But Yep, he's going to be dragged, drugged by his toupee out the door. Oh, that would be glorious. But yeah, like, I don't think anybody in your group will ever be leaving just because it's you and we have fun bringing up all these different kinds of conversations on your on your uh, page. <laughs> it, it is fun. I just I know there are I, I, I don't know if I'm self-conscious about the group size, <laughs> but I notice whenever anybody quits 
And I know there's some lurkers that are never in the conversation, and I'm not sure. Maybe they're part of the Tarsus Club. Shit. They, yeah, they could be watching us right now. Here comes watching what we post, because if we mention anything about the Tarsus Club, we may get a call. <laughs> oh, boy. It's the stone cutters. I should test this theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, for a while there, I was one of the lurkers until I, like, really got to know you and, like, got to understand, like, uh, when I got more involved in politics. Because I was just kind of reading a lot of what you posted, but I never, I was just never really comment because I didn't feel like I had much to say in the fight at the time. Uh, nothing you felt like saying or you didn't think what you had to say was valid? The, pretty much that. I didn't think it was valid at the time. Uh, well, that is something we are going to get into right after this really quick break. Ha ha! Segway! This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar for those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on. Well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. I hope you enjoyed whatever that was. Uh, it was just the sounds of silence over here. But right right before, uh, in case that two minutes or so was an eternity, or you're zoned out, Googling... Uh, 9-11 conspiracy theories or false pla flag or Jade Helm or whatever. You, Scott, said yes. that you, not necessarily, not necessarily a lurker, but at some point you joined the discussion group for the show and you waited a while before jumping into the conversation. Now, is that around the time that your real life avatar did the same or uh, what's, oh, what's your, uh, what's your political story? <laughs> um, honestly, like, uh, I would say I didn't really like pay much attention to politics at all. I didn't vote. I didn't do anything for up until Trump's first uh, presidential election. And when, I realized that the joke of Trump actually becoming president has gone too far. I needed to step in and actually start voting. And that's when I started kind of reading about politics more and getting a little more involved. Like I'm, I'd still say I'm 
kind of a newbie when it comes to political stuff. I don't I definitely don't have the knowledge that you have. Like I just have very base knowledge of things I read. And uh yeah, I cuz I think I joined your group shortly after I got on Legion with podcast by the cemetery cuz like you and I started chatting and so I I think I was already friends with you and then I you either invited me to your group or I joined your group. I forget which how that happened, but like a lot of posts that were being made I'm going I don't know anything about what's going on in any of this, so I'm just not going to like comment. But then as I got more comfortable and like started learning more, I felt comfortable to post and comfortable enough to like start talking in the in the posts that were being made on your page. Like especially during this last election, I was kind of going crazy with a lot of the stuff. Like I think all of us were. Well, if you had all that stuff going on in your backyard, uh, Michigan. This yeah. Last, last while. Did people jump on her from go uh, from March or April or whenever uh, Governor Whitmer? Is that how you pronounce uh, her last name? Oh, yeah. Whitmer. Yeah. Or, yeah, because I'm not sure if it's Whitmer or Whitmer. I always get the get it mixed up. But uh, yeah, the way she because uh, when she did the shutdown, it didn't seem like everyone was nearly as angry i think it ended up kind of just becoming uh, a lot of people who started becoming uh restless after a while and then uh i think a lot of it happened once the black lives matter movement really picked up steam and then she just became uh villainized like saying that she's doing this on purpose to keep us in control and keep people from having jobs and this and that. And it's like, no, you freaking idiots. She's trying to keep you safe for crying out loud, but you can't obviously tell people that cause they, they already believe what they're going to believe and there's no sway in them. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, all those safety nets you've been making the government chip away at so you could save on taxes or which you're not really saving because it's trickle up economics. Yeah. Not trickle down, trickle up. <laughs> geyser up economics. Yes. That is a better a better term for it. <laughs> but all those safety nets that you've been getting rid of and everything and underfunding and programs and everything like that. Other countries had stronger versions of those. Yes. Unemployment, some places covering 100% of your missed salary. Last time I looked, maybe a month or so ago, or let's just be kind and say two weeks ago, the stimulus payments that the government sent out to American citizens. Now, they gave corporations, even though corporations are people, according to the Citizens United ruling, they got a better deal. <laughs> they got billions of dollars. And yeah. most people got somewhere around $2,000, if anything. That yeah, average... I was going to say, like, a $1,200 check that probably went to trying to pay up and get their bills caught back up. Poor people spend the money, dragons hoard it. And yep. averaged out that check, let's say two weeks ago, I think it was more a month ago, was about $4.10 a day. Yeah, because I've seen a meme that, like, really hit home, and it was, like, kind of sad, but... For just $4 a day, you too can support a out-of-work American. Right. I'm like, yeah, that that's uh, pretty sad when you look at it that way. Because, like, you know, I, with my with my host, Heather, like, you know, I learn a lot about how Canada handles it. And 
they're getting like uh people that were unemployed were getting like uh four thousand dollars a month or something like that to help them out and like but the people that were still working weren't getting any like stimulus checks like americans here were like so it's like i think uh we need to look at it as uh hey maybe we should help the ones that actually need the help not the people that are lucky enough to still have jobs or these massive corporations that are going to be doing just fine because all that money is going right into the ceo's pocket anyways you saw uh, some tax-exempt religious organizations got hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah Joel it's ridiculous Osteen. Or however the fuck you say his name, the guy that wouldn't initially open up his church as a hurricane shelter uh, until it made the news that he wouldn't do it. I think he got three hundred something thousand. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> this is America. There was a senator that suggested free Disney Plus and Netflix. Are you freaking kidding me? To keep people home. Wow. I don't know if it was an outright counter argument to the stimulus checks, but it was, I uh, forget who it was. I will try to find that out. <laughs> or, I mean, it's probably bouncing around somewhere right now, but said that it would, and I think it would help, but I hope it's not an actual proposed solution to the problem. They said right. that you know Netflix and Disney Plus should be free the next couple months, uh, so people are more likely to stay home. Which, in a way, but I feel like the uh, eviction moratorium might be more important, and stimulus checks and uh, organizing. Yeah, you know, right now students I mean, are fighting for, against each other, like back in the beginning for for supplies because there's no central leadership yeah i was saying like how about an increase in the or uh extension on the increase in the unemployment and everything too yeah like because i have a lot of friends that are struggling right now because they don't have a job and can't find a job and they're depending on the unemployment to get them through as much as they possibly can and it's been tough for them telling people to stay home but not making that easier is not a solution Trust me, if I could stay home and be taken care of like during all of this instead of uh, risking going to work, I may do it. But I'm not going to do it with the way like things are happening right now. Again, I don't know if anybody hate listens to this show. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had any, any negative. Uh, I don't want to call anything down upon me, but. Yeah, it's been a minute. There was that troll storm for a minute in the group. I don't know if that was before or after your time. That must have been before, because I don't remember that. Yeah, there was, like, all of a sudden, on one day, people that I hadn't added to the group, just all kinds of crazy shit, picking fights with people, saying ridiculous stuff, you know, breaking the be excellent to each other rule. Of course. That's when uh, I switched it to, I have, it sucks, but I have to approve every new person. And I put a couple questions in. And ever since then, it's been, I would, I would say pretty damn peaceful for a discussion group about politics. Yeah. 
And I was saying like, uh, for me, like I knew a lot, I know a lot of people from the podcast community that are constantly like in the, in the group as well. It's nice to be able to talk with all of them as well. Like uh, Lance Langford from the horror returns. I see him in there all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got that thing going. And that was part of, I, I know I've said this before, but that was part of why I decided to start doing this this way was hearing so many podcasters say, well, I don't want to get into that. This is where to get into that <laughs> because all fucking movies, all art is political in its own way. But I, I feel like people would, a lot of people, not everybody, but just to avoid upsetting the somebody else would just avoid delving into the political issues and stuff in a movie. Yeah. And I was saying, as you've heard on our show, like we pretty much threw that all out the window. Uh, once the election was happening, when Heather uh, finally listened to your show and was just like, yep, fuck this. We're speaking our minds now. That was that was awesome. I was, I pumped <laughs> my fist. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Heather gets uh, gets something going with uh, getting on her uh, pedestal to talk about something, I just let her go because it just makes me smile because <laughs> she knows way more than I do. And. Anybody that tries to argue, she can pretty much shut her, shut them down, and I love it. It it is a sight to to behold. It really is. <laughs> That's why I was stoked to have the two of you in tandem. Uh, the episode before this one is is her and Bo Ransel and me talking about the platform. Yes, I cannot wait to listen to that episode. I am so excited. I'm not I'm not cutting much out, but it was about three hours, so I'm trying not to do that to everybody. <laughs> right. I'll say, but with that movie, it kind of almost deserves that much time to be talked about. And then, like with the three of you, like I'm sure there was just plenty of other conversations going on. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we. Uh, as as people might have heard by now, in the time of listening to this, uh, we got into racist sports team names and. Oh, wow. Healthcare. Which is perfect for her to be on the show to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of stuff. And then, yeah, just uh, as everyone better have heard by now, because I don't put these out too close together. <laughs> it was a fun episode. Yep, I will be definitely downloading it on day one as soon as it appears. It'll be perfect for a weekend listening while I do everything else around the house. I love it. Because that's usually when I get a lot of my podcast listening in now is like on the weekends because now I'm pretty much uh, obsessed with watching movies at work. Hey, there you go. That's a good, good pastime at work. Yeah, once I found out I was allowed to do that, I was like, all right, I, I'm going to take sole advantage of this because I have pretty much every streaming service. Why not? <laughs> you know how much I've already knocked out just from talking to you, like where I'm at with my numbers. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, are you uh, past 300 yet? Uh, yes. So I am now at 481, getting close to that goal of 500 that I want to hit by the end of the year. I, you're, you're this is all it. first time watches too. Man, I've been watching a lot of the same stuff. I, it was like my movie and TV comfort food during the election. I'm branching out and watching more new things now that I'm not constantly near tears <laughs> or <laughs> right. near tears or vomiting or both. Now it's just a, a back towards a dread I'm used to. Uh, 
A fo- yeah. <laughs> the normal existential dread instead of like this new found ex- ex- existential dread. <laughs> yeah, you know, since it's it's almost like an Obama administration reunion, it's a lot of familiar faces and people I've complained about before. Right. Uh, <laughs> before I have you plug your show uh, and say goodbye to everybody, I did want to ask you a couple things. Sure. Who do you think of when you hear they? Who's your they? Who's the who's the big bad? If you're getting fucked over, it's because they. Hmm. I would just want to say uh, most politicians in general. All right. I've basically been muted, kicked out of life of or whatever of most right wing people. And I'm getting unfriended by centrists every day. I've been that annoying political guy since high school, so I don't really, unless I go looking for it, I don't see a lot of this stuff happening uh, organically. But are you still seeing uh, like 9-11 conspiracies out there? Or is it all mostly vaccines? I think it's almost all vaccine-related now. Like, I haven't seen anything like 9-11 conspiracy brought up in a very long time unless i'm in like one of my just facebook groups someone may just bring it up to just poke fun at the people that are having the cast the conspiracy theories behind it Mm. but yeah it's almost all vaccine related now and i've thinned out the herd of a lot of those people because uh i've either been unfriended or unfollowed but i've fact checked every one of their asses as soon as they try to post some misinformation that is doing some some good work. I, I feel like I've seen you do it in a respectful way. Yep, because I'll say I try to just I don't go to the whole name calling or anything like that. I want to like talk to the person, see where they're coming from, and just try to tell them without getting into an argument like that they're wrong. <laughs> like this is why. As the conservative prophet Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> so true. I like to say facts are a tool of the liberal media to make idiots look stupid. Yes, that's actually, I love the sound of that right there. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'll say, I know Snopes has, uh, Snopes.com has become my friend to like fact check some of these idiots. Oh, uh, do they tell you it's owned by George Soros? Few of them have tried telling me that. <laughs> it's always George Soros or Jeff Bezos. Uh, what Bill Gates is doing population control through his vac because it's his vaccine effort in Africa. Yeah, and the whole uh, microchipping and vaccines and yeah, all that like all that stuff. Yeah, so I, I and they try to say that to me, and I'm just go. All I got to do that shuts them right back up is show me the proof. And. They never have proof. That's when it usually ends up going into name calling. <laughs> soy and I'm boy. usually like, yep, I won. <laughs> yeah, soy boy, yep. And that's when I go, and I'm out because I have proved my point. It's like, I already know I'm not going to win any of their, I'm not going to win them over to my side of thinking, but I'm hoping to at least win over the people that are reading their misinformation and hopefully change some people's minds. There you go. A little bit, a little bit. Every person sharing knowledge, having those conversations. 
I mean, in yeah. the nineties or early thousands, a KGB, a retired KGB agent said that they did start rumors in America about AIDS being created by the government to kill black people. And Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't say they were the only ones, but they actively tried to get that uh, conspiracy going. Uh, stuff about AIDS-tainted condoms, and that way people weren't wearing condoms, and all sorts of fucked up weird shit. I try not to read too much about the conspiracy theory shit because it's so fascinating. You don't want to become one of them. Yeah. You don't want to cross the line between uh, you... curiosity and obsession. Yeah. You don't want to become Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to become Aaron. You don't want to be Terrence. There's no boring conspiracy theory. No. There's always some, it seems to always be some type of truth behind some of it, at least. It's, it's like, you've lied to me so many times before, how can I believe you now? And Right. It's, so it's shit like we talked about with COINTELPRO and the spying, and they said that they're not going to do that anymore. But the FBI is still putting people on, you know, watch lists for going to protests and shit like that. Or... Uh, something that, since we're talking about Trump people, their guy Hitler really admired uh, what America was doing in the early 1900s, passing laws that made it legal to sterilize the feeble-minded, and uh, quote-unquote, and using that to forcibly sterilize all kinds of other people that they deemed uh, undesirables. You know, uh, in 1907, I'm turning into Terrence. In 1907, <laughs> it was a law was passed in Indiana, and then a couple years later, California, and then a couple other states. I don't know how many after that, just those two specifically. But it wasn't specific. You know how there's a bunch of dumb laws that people don't enforce anymore, but are still on the books. Yeah, it wasn't made illegal to do that in California until 1979. Holy crap, really? Yeah, well, I mean, there's horrible things. Uh, I mean, conversion therapy is still legal in places. And yeah, that's freaking blows my mind. You know, do uh, you know, I'm on my fucking soapbox here in, in my padded room ranting at you. I'm sorry, I'll let you go really soon. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, you're fine. I like listening to the rants. I love it. <laughs> it's, yeah. I uh, I mean the the forced sterilization shit. I mean there was a southern there were medical students in the south. They had a thing called a Mississippi appendectomy, where they would uh, uh, remove your ovaries during C sections and shit. And yeah. Oh uh, wow. Uh, the number by the time that they stopped counting in California. Like over twenty thousand people had been forcibly sterilized, or uh, uh, hysterectomies, or vasectomies, and I—I I mean, they would offer it to people in prison. As it's—it's it's a fucked up branch of the eugenics that uh, Hitler specifically mentioned in talking about getting ideas from for shit he did eventually. 
Wow. Like that and the early treatment of the Native Americans. Yeah. And that, that's another thing is like, yes, if there are plenty of, I mean, Stephen Miller, Trump, Bannon, bunch of, Sebastian Gorka, a bunch of fucking Nazis up in there. But I mean, Andrew Jackson <laughs> was a genocidal fuck too. So I, I think, but he's on our $20 bill. So you can't talk about it as easily without rolling a bunch of eyes. But I mean, uh, the, trail, the Trail of Tears was under Jackson. Oh, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's, it, I think that's the reason why that's the Trump's favorite president, supposedly, is Andrew Jackson. I figured it would be Nixon because he was the other more criminal <laughs> president. And they stopped the the thing they were going to do with replacing Jackson on the 20 with Harriet Tubman. They pushed that back. Uh, yeah, go figure on that one. Yeah, yeah, the guy that took out a full-page ad calling for the execution of innocent prisoners in New York. <laughs> but you can't call him racist. No. He's not racist at all. I don't mean to keep bringing him up, but hopefully he won't be anything to talk about in about 30 days from now. Oh, we can only freaking hope. His Twitter rants will still be of contention to always talk about, but... Him as a figure, hopefully he'll just fade. Well, if it's true, he loses political. Uh, he loses the political protection of his Twitter account, where he's done things that have gotten people permanently banned. But since he's a politician, what he says has newsworthy value to them. Money, you know, he's got. He drives a lot of ad revenue on Twitter, but that's why they've got the. Every single tweet has, this has been disputed, this has been disputed, this has been yep. wrong. Uh, that's why it's that instead of him getting banned. Supposedly, when okay. he leaves office, he loses that protection. It would be interesting to see. Yeah, because I, like, I bet he'll probably, he probably won't be able to shut himself up, so he'll just eventually get banned if that's the case. He'll go to Parlor, uh, he'll start a TV network, and he'll spend four years or until he has some sort of health issue because of his, uh, I don't even know what, you know, evil people seem to live forever, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a zombie at this point. This has been a wonderful conversation. I think we can talk about conspiracy theories all day, and we can talk about fucked up politicians all day because it is a tale as old as time. But... You it really need to is. Plug your shit, especially since it's the first time you've been on here. I, I know it, it's not. It's not like it, it's. It's tradition. I feel like it's a podcasting tradition. Is where can people find you? It really is. All right, so we are on the Legion Podcast Network, and uh, we are under the Kill the Cast banner. So if you subscribe to Kill the Cast, we are the Friday Nightmares. And uh, the Friday Nightmares podcast, and you will see us pop up in your feed. Uh, we're a bi-weekly show that uh, pretty much chooses a theme to talk about five to six different movies. And we base a little bit of research on it and kind of uh, talk about where these films came from. Uh, we do what we've been watching, what we've been listening to. And we have like an out of the dark segment, which is just something random that kind of ties into the theme of the episode. But 
yeah, it's me and my uh, host, Heather Powell. Uh, she is my uh, Canadian uh, better part of the podcasting team, for sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we uh, have a blast and just we're pretty much just uh, shoot the shit while we talk horror films. It's good fun. And uh, Bo, Bo does a good description, I think, of the show that you will have heard. Oh, does he? Yeah. Uh, he said sometimes it f- just kind of feels like you're eavesdropping on an intimate conversation. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's very perfect way of describing it. Yeah. Because we're not shy about the things we talk about. Nope. Thank you, everybody. I know this is this uh, happy new year, <laughs> probably. It's coming up where it just happened. Yeah, it is right around the corner. And it'll be the show's four-year anniversary. Nice. We'll actually be hitting our one-year anniversary once the new year hits. Nice. Started putting out episodes the month of the inauguration. Nice. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. happy anniversary. (laughs) Happy anniversary. There we go. Thank you. Like uh, exchanging presents with siblings. Got that out of the way. It kind of is. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, everybody. He did what we all must learn to do. You. And you. And you. And you. Yup. And cover. this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema b devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.